0: I had to live without you. What kind of life would that be?
1: Hello! And welcome to Dick's Picks. I am Carter, and with me is Mr. Dick. Hello, Mr. Dick.
0: Hello, Carter. Happy to be here. Uh,
1: I don't know if we could call this a Dick's Pick, though. Well, that's the thing. This month for Dick's Picks, we are doing our most contemporary movie. And also our first listener-submitted movie. It is yeah, fan-submitted. Fan <laughs> More than a listener. Uh, the movie is <laughs> <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent from this year, 2022. It's current, and it's currently good. <laughs> um Directed by Tom Gormacon, a man who I've never heard of, uh, who only has one directing credit to his name beside this. Do you know what it was? Uh, it's a romantic comedy from it? the previous decade.
0: Previous decade. Give me the first, uh, the main actor.
1: Uh, it's got three main actors, one of whom is Zac Efron and another star in the most recent Top Gun. The other is, oh, is it the
0: one, the two day stand, two night stand with Miles Teller.
1: Similar, it is that awkward moment, also starring Michael B. Jordan. Oh,
0: I, did you have that on the tip it of your tongue? It, it's like the same, yeah.
1: They like they operate in the same mode, friends. yeah. I think the like one gross. you're thinking of is Two Night Stand, is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, something like that, yeah. But they're like bros and they don't want to have girlfriends and one of them gets a girlfriend and they're all mad at that guy because he goes and hangs out with the girlfriends. And, and they all have
1: the high-paying <laughs> cool jobs in New York City.
0: <laughs> yep. Exactly.
1: Um, co-written with Kevin Etten, a writer on Desperate Housewives and Workaholics. So... I right, Workaholics. Made by names I'm not necessarily familiar with. Um, Kevin Edden has not written any movies uh, Starring Nicolas Cage As figure. Nicolas Cage As he should Co-starring Pedro Pascal The Mandalorian himself uh, Sharon I Horgan tell. Ireland's greatest television writer and I
0: recognized her She was in
1: catastrophe month. And
0: I Do not know that is Recently that is in is Bad Sisters show?
1: It's a television show with uh, Rob Delaney Where they Unexpectedly uh-huh. get pregnant And have a child together A foul-mouthed Irish huh. woman And an uptight American man uh, Also Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz I like them Released yeah, wide in the U.S. April twenty second, twenty twenty two. Do you think that was coincidentally around four twenty, or do you think that was on purpose?
0: Everything's on purpose, obviously. Honestly. Everything's
1: on purpose. I mean,
0: there was this it wasn't a big drug movie, but like I guess it had one pretty good drug scene. But like you know, I guess Nicholas Cage, he's like, he's not like Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey type movie, like. You, you know, right. he's Let's more go. of
1: like a designer drug a weed guy yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe like tranks and stuff like that you know pills uh, yeah rotten tomatoes score of 86% it's pretty good um, it was
0: one of the like three or four highest that he's the movies he's done on rotten tomatoes that I saw
1: like ever or just like recently yeah Oh well, I mean, because yeah, his, really. his three big action movies, uh, some of which will be discussed in the uh, coda to this episode, I don't think were particularly well reviewed, despite their cult status now. Um, I guess. Budget... you have
0: to like say is Rotten Tomatoes the uh,
1: critics or is it the, you know, the fans? The fan, the audience score. Um, a budget yeah. of thirty million dollars, which is pretty high, actually. Do you think mm-hmm. it recouped its budget? Uh
0: yeah, I think so. I think maybe maybe not in theaters, but you know, I rented this movie on demand. So Ho- hopefully its
1: people- VOD has contributed more because it did not recoup its budget at the box office. Grossing well, 29 of- million.
0: They had some good locations that they had to pay big money for. The place off of, you know, where was it, Greece or something? You
1: know. If any time you're going to have a character of a rich guy, you're going to have to spend some money. Got it. Uh, Streaming, I think it's available to rent most places. I've rented this on uh, DirecTV Cinema. Um, But probably Mm -hmm. will be coming to streaming services in the near future. At least one streaming service um that's because we like to support
0: big cable um unlike our our fan listener and uh our and her husband my friend they're they uh they're pirates they're they're, they're pirates. pirates oh my god so they're pirates so we uh you know tell the fbi tell everyone um, you know, Carter and I do everything legitimately. We never break the law, but we associate with pirates.
1: I've paid for every movie that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, even movies Unless... like Netflix and stuff. You, 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 and you say, No, I'm not gonna stream this. I'm gonna I donate. Pay. Yeah,
1: someone gets money off of every movie I've ever watched, even if I already own it Some... on Blu I'll. I'll give money to someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, So what were your impressions of this movie when you were seeing the trailers for it? Did you see the trailers for this?
0: I, I saw the trailers before it came out and it had a pretty good word of mouth kind of thing. Um, So I knew of it, but I don't normally, you know.
1: Go see movies. I
0: don't. Yeah, don't go see movies. Don't really seek out Nicolas Cage movies. It has to be like a... You know, like a Jordan Peele movie, like we saw in theaters for me to go see it in theaters. One of those things like a
1: real event. So you're not going to see the next Avatar?
0: No. What? It's been like 20 years since the first one. I'm not interested in the people have not
1: forgotten. I think when that comes out, it's going to blow people's minds. I mean, Top Gun had to go three years between. Is it going to be in 3D again? Is 3D coming back? I, bro, I don't even know. James Cameron might come out with some like wild shit for this one. It's going to
0: be like the King's Dominion ride where it's 3D and it's like the the seats shake and it spits water at you and all that.
1: There's going to be like a new movie theater that opens up exclusively to suit this movie's demands for projection and audience experience. I will short that. <laughs> well, we will get into uh, the plot for Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, this was, I thought, a very clever opening. We get the ending of Con Air. Yes. The beautiful, beautiful song that closes that movie. And a young Spanish couple are smoking a joint and commenting on how great the film is. When their doorbell rings Thinking it is their food delivery The man gets up But instead of a delivery man He's confronted by masked and armed assailants The girl tries to run away But is knocked down mm-hmm. For shock surprising,
0: It's, surprise, it it's one of those things where it's like well, How does this tie into everything Because then we go to Nicolas Cage Being Nicolas Cage Meanwhile
1: In Hollywood, in Hollywood. Nicholas Cage is struggling with his career after being passed over for several major film roles, and is constantly pestered and tormented by Nicky, a younger version and more successful version of himself that he hallucinates. Uh, Who sort of have constantly in the back of their head, you know. Like if you had only
0: been a little bit crazier as an actor, you would have been where I am now. Blah blah blah. Okay. <laughs> He he really goes hard for new roles. He finds a role and he goes and meets the director and he's willing to audition. He's just really putting himself out there. He's not. Did
1: you you know who that director was? No, who the director of Your Highness, David Gordon Green, co-creator of Eastbound and Down, one of the five TV shows I've watched every episode of. Uh, What about uh, Righteous Gemstones? Seeing that, I don't know. I don't watch Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones is real good. Um, Nicolas Cage has a meeting with David Gordon Green and embarrasses himself as he recites a monologue as the director is trying to leave and get into his car. On the drive home, Cage has a conversation with Nikki, where a Nikki reminds older Nicolas Cage that he is a star and he should not make any compromises when it comes to maintaining his star persona. And he shouldn't be groveling to directors like he is. that youth. Uh, meanwhile, Cage's relationship with his uh, ex wife, Olivia, and his daughter, Addie, has been marred by years of emotional neglect.
0: Yeah, he's been letting Nikki take the wheel, I and mean, he's been really running around town doing every movie he can. Dude did like eight movies last year. He does
1: everything. <laughs> well, he needs to work. He's a working actor. He's a
0: workaholic is the whole issue with his family. And that really. And also that uh, he's
1: making his daughter watch uh, movies like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Which is that a real movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the most famous movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's good. Seemed seemed like it was not good.
0: And only he and Pedro Pascal like it.
1: No, a lot of people like it. Uh, I mean, it's a, there's a very important work of uh, academic research entitled From Hitler to Caligari, which uh, sort of presents 1920s German expressionist cinema as a sort of ongoing commentary on the state of Germany during the Weimar Republic and the emotional mood of the country in its sort of state of transition. It's a very important movie to understanding the German psyche in the 20s. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, At his daughter's birthday party A drunk and disheveled Nicholas Cage He gets uh, the call that he didn't get the part And he yes. goes on
0: a bender It doesn't yes. matter that it's his daughter's birthday party He's getting drunk
1: And performing an impromptu Song on the piano That may or may not Be a real song I couldn't really I- it seemed
0: like Decipher. he pretended like he made it up cuz he was tired. That's or at least the daughter seemed to think that. The daughter
1: definitely that, didn't think it was real.
0: Yeah, that he cuz he says, "Uh happy 16th birthday. I wrote this song for you when we were driving cross country and you were 10 years old and I was watching the sunset on your face." And then he, you know, he plays the song, but the daughter is like, "I don't believe that you I think you're improving this, you're second sitting this song, and you just to do to get attention because you didn't get a role. So she and all of her friends laugh at him, sort of thing. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty awkward. The wife when needless to say, is very cross.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cross. Yes, takes him home. But he gets a phone yeah. call from his agent. He's got one last offer. A million mm. dollars. From a billionaire playboy in Spain to attend his birthday party. Initially, it's good money. Cage, Cage is reluctant to accept, but when he's, uh, what is it? His back taxes convinces him that yeah, maybe this wouldn't be a good back idea.
0: taxes. And ever since his he got separated, he's been living at was that a famous Holland hotel? Was it uh, the in?
1: Chateau? Whatever. Is yeah, that what probably.
0: Was? I guess he said that uh, his room charges were like 500 grand.
1: (laughs) Watching that, I was like, living in a hotel would be very weird. I don't like it. Especially for like months at a time. It's very, very Hollywood. Um, Jose Mourinho, when he coached Manchester United, didn't buy a house, lived in a hotel the whole time. Uh, I guess it's nice because, you know, they provide you with breakfast. You don't have to like make meals, I guess. Don't have to don't, make your bed. Don't really have you clean can up expect after to be fired at any time
0: if you're Jose <laughs> <Yeah. hungry> Mourinho.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you <laughs> just leave. Um, so he accepts the million dollars from his agent. Um, his agent, Neil Patrick Harris. His agent, Neil Patrick tra- Harris.
0: Trying to make, He's making a comeback, I think, NPH. He's, got he's, tr- a new show he's on trying Netflix. to, apparently, the show on Netflix. He was on is, the hot uh, ones. I not think great. People are mad at him on the internet. Oh, yeah. But people are always mad at the yeah of Paris on the internet. Well, um, apparently, uh, I you know I frequent the internet, and I guess really you know, yeah I guess about like ten years ago, but uh, uh, Amy Winehouse died yes like before Halloween, and then he made a cake of her dead body for his Halloween party. Oh, so people are still mad at him for that. That's
1: very poor, poor taste. taste. Very poor taste. Yeah. That is not the done mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, but what do you, upon, you expect from Barney Stinson? I expect better. Um, you don't know Barney Stinson <laughs> on landing in Majorca. Um, he comes across a CIA agent who plants a tracking device on him. Um, yeah, Tiffany
0: a good surprise, she's popping up everywhere and she's always, uh, she's always fun
1: and some, uh. IMDb Trivia, do you know who was originally cast in that role? You'll never get this.
0: Uh, um, Jennifer Lopez.
1: It was a man, actually. Richard Jewell himself. Paul Walter Hauser. Do you know who that is?
0: Um, Yeah, he's a
1: British guy. No, he's the, Uh, the fat guy in Black Klansman. Yeah, he's actually British, though, right? No, he isn't. I'm pretty sure he's in uh, Cobra Kai. That That's the same it.
0: guy, yeah. Richard Jewell is about like someone trying to blow up a building, right?
1: No, it's about a guy who finds an explosive device at the Atlanta Olympics and heroically sort of saves everybody. But because he's a fat loser who lives with his mom, everyone's like, Oh, he probably planted it himself. And okay. Olivia Wilde actually plays a journalist who, like, tries to get him convicted. And Sam Rockwell plays uh, the lawyer. Uh, It's basically a movie reflected around Clint Eastwood's hatred for the media. It's basically a raison d'etre.
0: I do like Sam Rockwell. Ah, crap. The Richard Jules from Michigan. But he was in the Cruella movie, so I thought he was British because of that.
1: Yeah, he's in Cruella. He's good. I think he's a good actor. Richard Joel was a surprisingly good movie, actually. Um, but yeah, he was supposed to be the CIA agent. Um, upon meeting Javi, Nicolas Cage does not recognize him and thinks of him as the help uh, until yeah, finally... he's just
0: like uh, this is my my boat taxi driver.
1: Mm-hmm. But upon arrival, Javi reveals himself. Um, and tries, uh, tries his best to get friendly with Nicolas Cage, despite his his shyness and uh, his star struckness around his hero. Mm-hmm. Um, Cage is initially annoyed by Javi's clinginess and uh, insistence that they create a sort of improv-based movie that they're actually living through. Um, but on a clifftop embraces the sort of energy that Javi is providing and yeah, taps into his acting skill.
0: Yeah. He, has, he At this point, he has decided to retire from acting, but Javi, yes. through his child, sort of childhood-like wonder of the movie industry
1: and love yes. of Nicolas Cage, brings Nicolas Cage back into himself. He, he brings the creative spark back in Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, soon... He finds himself inspired by Javi's determination and over a a drunken night they bond over their love of of cinema and Javi introduces him to Paddington 2. Maybe the greatest movie of the last decade.
0: Which I've heard is the best movie of all time. Uh, It's way better than Paddington
1: 1. And Paddington 1 is really good. I've Um, heard that. I haven't seen either. Because ah, I'm highly, highly recommended. Um, brilliant Hugh Grant performance in Paddington 2. Uh, Nicole Kidman is the uh, antagonist in Paddington 1 and is, is not quite as strong. She doesn't quite match the tone as well as Hugh Grant does in Paddington 2. Um, but Paddington they're night they're night seemed seem like a like lot of fun.
0: Paddington is like their Pooh Bear, the British Pooh. What is this? Or I guess Pooh is British too.
1: Paddington is not like Pooh lives in the woods. Paddington is a a man of London.
0: Are you excited for uh, winning the Pooh, Blood and Honey? I
1: think it's a ridiculous concept that I hope fails.
0: (laughs) We'll see. Well, I'll watch Paddington too. It sounds like they love it. Watch Paddington 1 first. But didn't, uh... didn't their drunken night together seem like a lot of fun? It did. They were just chilling in the pool, getting blitzed. And I was like, getting
1: blind drunk. Looks like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, especially in
1: off an island off of Spain in a mansion. But and, and you don't normally see two guys just like get blackout drunk, just together. I do a lot. You, you do a lot. You see with a bro. You're just like <laughs> let's just like get <laughs> so drunk we puke. <laughs> but then uh,
0: the dream sort of falls apart when he is confronted by Tiffany Haddish and And Ike Barinholtz the the other CIA agent who uh, tell him that Javi Javi. is an an international not actually the olive oil baron that he portrays himself as but is an international drug runner Mm. and has recently kidnapped a candidate for the Italian prime minister's daughter (laughs) Catalan. Catalan. So it's like uh Spain. A Spain. Okay. Spain's for some reason I thought it was Italy. They were weren't they talking about the Pope at some point?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But they were sort of talking about Catalonia like it was its own country. Yeah, um, it seemed weird. But it was part um, of Spain. They have there's a separatist movement in Catalonia, which is uh very well yeah. represented, but um
0: yeah. So the CIA agents say Nicholas Cage we need you to work for us yes um, and he says okay I
1: guess or he but says he believes Javi has a good heart he thinks that yeah. his, his acting instincts tell him that this is not a bad man because actors are
0: better spies than spies yes. the training that they've all gone yes. through well they but live
1: it also they we also intuitively Javi know has it. a good heart that's well, because we've been mm-hmm. privileged to things that they have not seen. We've seen him with his assistant, who is who he seems to be in love with. Um yep. and there's a childlike wonder to Javi. Yeah. He, he wants to see the best in people. Uh, but maybe beneath that is a is a hardened criminal mastermind. Uh, maybe. After successfully rigging the cameras in Javi's compound. Uh, cage attends a party where he announces his collaboration Which is,
0: wait, a great scene where he breaks in and then he the cia agent give him a nerve agent
1: ah yes uh
0: to use on any someone that anyone that comes in but he accidentally puts he it on suspense. himself and he's about to you know pass out and die but he's got the counter agent and he's ready to use it, but he uh, he uh falls asleep. And then Tiffany Haddish says, I know how to get to this guy. He just yells action, which wakes him up from his death. He's stupid. a pro. He's a pro. If he's you tell pro. Nicolas
1: Cage action, and he will hit his marks and he will deliver his lines.
0: He goes. He doesn't stop. So then he uh he's in. He decides to He's saying to stay there. He and Javi are going to work on a script together. Yep. So they he has more time to look for this captive. And he gets to hang out with his buddy Javi. So like,
1: win-win. Uh, they spend a few days trying to find an angle on their potential new film. But after hitting a creative roadblock, Javi decides that LSD may be the key to unlocking their creative instincts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cage is meant to be finding out if Maria was in a suspicious locked building on the compound but decides to just do acid with Javi anyway. I
0: the acid scene was pretty fun. Like <laughs> uh like when they they think that these two guys are spying on them in the and it's like look they're watching us and then torn, like five minutes later they're like they're still watching us eating ice cream and it's two different guys uh-huh. <laughs>
1: that was hilarious that's where he does the the fake laugh which makes him seem like a psychopath uh, uh,
0: uh. and then they <laughs> drive
1: man mayhem
0: nicholas cage drives away
1: using his dangerous. uh His skills that that he learned from Gone to 60 Seconds. See, that's a a recurring theme in this movie is that he uses the skills he learned as an actor. Um, Mm -hmm. In that way, it reminded me very much of Tropic Thunder. Uh, But anyway, the LSD LSD trip goes badly. Um, But they do have a eureka moment as they decide that the movie should be about them, about their relationship, and their coming together. Uh, Isn't that like what every movie
0: person is about? Like every like starting movie person is like, hey, what do we just, we're pretty
1: interesting. <laughs> what do we know? We know ourselves. That's yeah, right what we know. <laughs> um, but the room, which seemed very suspicious, had guards around it, was blacked out. Cage tries to sneak in. Javi catches him. Cage says he needs to go in. Javi says what's in there might change their relationship forever. Forever. They you go knew in. What it was. I knew what it was gonna be. I I had an assumption. But at this point, I still thought maybe Javi's a bad guy. But what's inside yeah. is a basically like a shrine to Nicholas Cage.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: pretty much. It's got memorabilia from all of his movies. Uh, what were some of the, your favorites that you saw in there?
0: Oh, I just Do remember the
1: pillow. <laughs> the the
0: pillow Nicholas Cage face pillow. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I liked it. He's uh Javi's very careful about maintaining its, uh, its sort of pristine portrait of Nicholas Cage on it. You don't wanna you don't wanna make sure any of the beads are the wrong way. Um mm-hmm. But in there, he's got a wax figure of Caster Troy uh, that Nicolas Cage offers $20,000 to purchase it off of Hobby, And, and includes yeah. the golden guns that Caster Troy uses in Face Off. Uh, Vivian, the CIA agent, suggests that Cage include a kidnapping in their script to see how a Hobby would react to it. Cage explains this idea to Javi, who believes that Cage is distracted by his family issues. He thinks that his mind is on his daughter and his wife, and that he cannot free his mind up to work on their screenplay because of this. Consequently, he brings Cage's family to his villa.
0: That was the only ominous thing that happened. Because at this point, Nicolas Cage is also trying to get out of Dodge. Because he's yeah. like, I don't, I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> And then when, when someone just brings his family, it's like, oh, no, he's got more hostages. I got to do whatever he wants.
1: Needless to say, the family is very upset that, that Javi lied to them to get them over there. Mm-hmm. But as this is occurring, Javi goes to see his cousin, Lucas, who we saw at the beginning of the movie. It was somewhat rude to Nicholas Cage. He asked him what it was like to have been a star. But Nicholas Cage will always be a star. Once you're a yep. do you think that once you're a star, you ever stop being one?
0: Yeah. Well you, you do. <laughs> uh it depends, yeah, for sure If you're racking up all these bills That Nicholas Cage, the star, is racking up He should stop being a star And just be a regular Joe
1: Oh, oh so, so yeah. you think it's the, the persona Yeah It's damaging For sure That the, the maintenance of being a star Is is actually damaging to one's livelihood It might be true It's too high it's, yep. There's too much you have to do Um Lucas reveals himself to be the true arms dealer in the one who kidnapped Maria. Lucas warns him that Cage is working with the CIA and pressures him to kill Cage or else Lucas will have to kill Javi. This is where the movie turns a little bit.
0: Becomes a bro action comedy again now.
1: Well, for a a few minutes, it's a little more like a oh man, they're they're gonna actually kill each other. Yeah. Cage seems like he's gonna kill Javi. And Javi seems like eh, he doesn't want to, but he might have to kill Nicolas Cage. Yeah. They drive out of the forest, they exchange shoes. Weird. But then Especially they decided both
0: of them without socks on
1: when it, and when in the movie it looked like they only traded one shoe. yeah <laughs> and I was like what but then when they well they tried the next on
0: thing, one of each one of each and then they traded forever. I know,
1: but they didn't show us the handoff of the second shoe. I think it's implied. That confused me as a viewer. Wow. I didn't think that was the tightest of direction. Uh, in my opinion Um, they cannot bring themselves to kill each other Uh, but Lucas sends his men after both of them sort of suspecting that Javi was a pussy and Nicolas Cage like offs a couple of dudes here yeah, using his action training Um, they race back to the house to discover that Addie Nicolas Cage's daughter has been kidnapped
0: Not the wife, though. No. Somehow I, the wife and the, like... Assistant. Assistant Gabriela. joined forces. Gabriella joined forces with Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage, yeah. and they make a run for it for Pedro Pascal's second house, yes. where they go and they regroup. And But in the meantime, they, they go to the CIA safe house,
1: uh, where Ike Bernholtz is dead, and Tiffany Haddish is, like, basically dead. Oh yes, and Tiffany had a shoots like offs like
0: mm-hmm. a couple
1: dudes. She like kills a couple guys, um, as she's sort of dying. Yeah, and before she dies. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, this took a turn." I didn't. I did not expect Ike Barinholtz to die in this movie. I'll say that much. Yeah, um, if it were a Paul Feig movie, there'd be no murder, no no, <laughs> or death. no, if if a murder happened, it would have been a lot more comical, at least. Um, yeah. They decide to come up with a ruse. Olivia is a makeup artist. Nicholas Cage is an actor. Uh, Lucas is going to meet an Italian drug lord who no one has seen. Why don't they just yeah pretend an Italian to be this gr- person?
0: drug lord? So are we sure that Catalina is in Italy? I'm so confused. The Italian drug lord—that's what threw me off.
1: Yeah. Well, he was coming from uh, Napoli. I believe was the implication. Uh, yeah. The Bay of Naples, the Coast so sort of area. Uh, so they
0: give Nicolas Cage a good outfit, tracksuit, big nose. Yep. And then they just waltz right into the compound. And uh, somehow they break into like the catacombs, I guess, which yeah. is where they know the girls are being hidden. Yeah. Um, and they take out a few guards. And uh, they let Javi and Gabriella in. Yep. Right. Yep. And then they take the girls and they make a run for it.
1: Well, and they have a... the big part. That's the whole apotheosis of Nick Cage is when he delivers the monologue that he screwed up beginning. with the director at the beginning of the movie. But I don't look... think
0: he screwed it up at the beginning. He
1: just well, you know, he it wasn't he... in the mode that the director was looking for. And it was not the time and place to be delivering such a monologue. Um, but it was at the end of the movie. And it, and it proves absolutely essential because he kills like four guys. Um, yeah. They get out. Javi and Gabriela stay behind to delay Lucas's pursuit. Some nice machine gun work as they take out a couple guys. Um Lucas mm-hmm. though continues in his pursuit. Uh they race to the American embassy, they drive through the sort of entranceway. Lucas does too, gets out, holds Cage at gunpoint. His daughter tosses him a knife, which uh we had seen sort of roll around the back of the car for a little while. Yes. The movie. Yes. Check all his knife. Uh, Addie throws it to him. Cage stabs him. Boom, dead. We transition. She yeah, catches
0: that knife like crazy. She, like, <laughs>
1: it wasn't the best throw. Yeah. Like a 90,
0: 90 per hour, mile per hour fastball.
1: It was not the he most catchable of Ghost
0: Rider reflexes.
1: Well, that's no. the thing, is he's, he's starred in many an action movie. Um, at this point, it's just sort of second nature. Uh, to do things like catch knives out of the air for Nicolas Cage. Um, kills Lucas. Boom. We transition into the movie that Cage and Javi have completed. Presumably based on their adventure. Well, because we go back to the car where the
0: the women are in and his wife is now Demi Moore. Demi Moore. <laughs> and you're like, what? Okay. And then they go to the premiere and yep. it's met with Rapturous. Phrase. Rapturous. Bro. Javi comes in and chats with Nicolas Cage. Javi couldn't watch because he couldn't stand to see uh, the people's reactions. Yes. And uh, Nicholas asks Nicolas Cage if he's going to go party at the after party. No. Nicolas Cage, a changed man with his priorities now realigned, decides to skip the after party and go home to his ex-wife and his daughter to hang out with them there together he finally lets his daughter choose a movie yep. because for her entire life he has been force feeding his own movies. He's been brainwashing to,
1: her almost.
0: Yeah as, as a way to impart he thinks in part his knowledge but her she thinks a way to not let her be herself or grow yes. her, her own views. Yes. So she chooses to watch Paddington, Paddington too. too. Which Nicholas Cage now turned around and loves Paddington too. So they the family reunites. Javi's a successful director. I think it ends well. I think it starts well, ends well. Nikki is no longer in the back of his head.
1: So he he might be lurking though. So, yeah. We don't. We don't know. Sort of like a. Uh, what I thought was a little bit problematic at the end is, maybe his wife and daughter would have wanted to go to the after party. Did nah, they, they? Did they, they decide were, not to go? I think probably. They were like, "We'd rather just hang out with you, Dad." That doesn't yeah. sound realistic to me.
0: I think it does. They, they're catching up on lost time.
1: Yeah, they've been just watching German expressionist movies and. Probably like Jodorowsky movies or something like that. So now they're now they going to watch Paddington 2. I think they should have watched Fast Seven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would have been, well, he would have said, now why do you want to watch this? Why can't we just watch Gone in 60 Seconds? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> if we're going to watch an uh, automobile adventure heist movie, it must be mine. Um, but that is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, I did not expect it to sort of go the ways that it did, but it was pleasantly surprising, I might say. Yeah, I think so. Any questions, Mr. Dick? Yeah, Um, if you could,
0: who would be your Nicolas Cage? If you had a million dollars to fly them out to your birthday
1: party. Uh, my face just uh, broke into a massive smile. Uh, is this alive or dead? Live. Has alive. to be alive. Oh, it has to be alive. Uh, there's got to be only one answer. Ben Diesel.
0: <laughs> I mean, sure.
1: It would have to sure. be Vin
0: Diesel. Uh, have you, did Netflix has a new show called um, Chad and JT Go Deep, uh-huh. where the these surfer bros that you've probably seen them. They go to like California city council meetings uh-huh, and yeah. like they have a TV show on Netflix where they give a tour of Los Angeles shooting locations, <laughs> okay. just just Fast and Furious locations. <laughs> <laughs> you would
1: love that, Tori. I would love that. I, uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, you got some better actors out there, like your Daniel Day Lewis's. I don't think he'd be as much fun as Vin Diesel. Yeah. Um there's not uh there's not too many other people. I mean Keanu. Yeah. But I think he'd I, be think, too, you, I think he'd be too out there. He'd be too ethereal. I think I'd probably Hang
0: out with my—he's already my good friend from listening to his podcast, uh, Dave Jacoby. I listened to Dave Jacoby. I'd he's not an actor. Yeah. Does does it have to be an actor? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Then uh, I'll change. I'll change it up. Uh, you know. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Is it, was Paul Walker? Why you asked if it had to be the guy had to be
1: alive? No. If it was alive or dead, I think I would have gone with Marlon Brando. Oh. Um, I think he would have provided a lot of the same sort of energy as Nicolas Cage but also been, he would have had some fantastic stories um, oh. but alive I don't think anyone could match Vin Vin's um, yeah, got the fantastic stories to rival a Marlon Brando <laughs> yes I mean he worked on the same Carver Ryan for Christ's sake um, maybe I, maybe like uh,
0: Jermaine Clement I'd hang out with that.
1: it would be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot cool. of people who'd be like fun. I mean, like Matt Berry would be fun. Um, Matt Berry would be amazing. <laughs> but it's not the same. It wouldn't be like, oh my god, I'm in the presence of Dom Caretta. Uh Matt I mean, Berry and the Kurt Grunner Russell. The <sighs> Kurt Russell would be fun. I mean, Stallone. I'd love to have.
0: Stallone's, uh, he's pretty dramatic these days.
1: He is, but I would actually, I would only hang out with Stallone if Vin was there too.
0: So you want to just be on the set of the, what are they called? The Expendables. The
1: Expendables? Oh, Vin ben would, ben would never lower himself to appearing in the Expendables. Eh, we'll
0: see. We'll see. Never.
1: Um, what
0: uh, trivia do we have for this movie? I'm sure there are so many movie references that went over all of our layman heads but like sort of like that fancy cabin of Moreau that you like so much Cab- The Cabinet a... of
1: Dr. Caligari
0: Yes, okay it's Thing a, of The th- Island
1: of Dr. Moreau which actually is a movie that Marlon Brando appeared in in the 1990s ah. hmm, nice, okay. nice synthesis of all things there I did I did start watching an HBO
0: documentary about um what was it about Paul Newman and how oh yeah 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 and uh, he Joanne only Woodward. Got stuff he only got stuff because James Dean died and Marlon Brando was too much of a fussy actor to take on roles so
1: Paul Newman got all those roles that <laughs> they fell to him and he was he was one of those actor studio guys Paul Newman yeah um there's a very yeah. famous short clip of him and james dean together in a uh, i think it was a sort of Some wardrobe women. check for uh it was either east of eden or rebel without a cause that they were both up for yeah um paul newman's a much better actor than james dean though um
0: much larger body of work as well i think
1: james dean is one of the most overrated actors who ever existed Um, Oh, hot take. Have you even seen a James Dean movie? Nope, yeah, no one has, yeah, Um, because they're actually not great. Um, not that they aren't good, but they're not Paul Newman movies. Um, so obviously, this being a very contemporary movie, there's uh, not quite been as big of a body of internet sleuthing. Mm the corpus of this text is not quite as large as something like she's the man. Um, okay. But I did find some, some good nuggets out there on the internet. So for best of Wikipedia, Nicholas Cage originally turned down the role quote three or four times, but changed his mind after writer director, Tom Gormacon wrote him a personal letter. Wow. That?
0: It shows how far a heartfelt letter will go, I guess.
1: Why yeah, do it do it the first time, then you don't have to get three or four. Um, but mm-hmm. but is a letter the first time too strong? Does it need to yeah, be think, sort of the third or fourth time that you write the letter? Do
0: you think they've met they had met several times before? Or maybe not like, with
1: maybe not with Tom Wormacon. Um maybe it was, it was probably like through
0: intermediary agents and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um in one scene, Cage and Javi. Run from two men they believe are spying On them then bump into the Two men again later The first two actors who played those men Were unavailable when they filmed the end of that scene So they were replaced with two other actors Who looked similar and wore the same outfits
0: Well yeah
1: who picked up on this I noticed that look at
0: you I noticed that And I was I was just like oh they're On LSD (laughs) (laughs) So I think that made it Way better
1: no it's one of those Sort of happy accidents it seems Um that was all I had for Wikipedia. Um, good job, Wikipedia. Yeah, we need uh, we need the internet population to contribute more. Um, it's a free website. Come on, David, give us more stuff. Um, best of IMDb trivia. This had quite a lot, but most of it was that sort of stuff that you're just like. Eh. Um, but there was a few good chunks, the two that I just think are brilliant piece of IMDb trivia. Uh, the first one, a sequence involving Nicolas Cage reprising some of his most iconic roles like Face Off, Con Air, leaving Las Vegas and Gone in 60 Seconds, and a long black and white fight sequence between him and his younger self in a surrealist German expressionist set evoking the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, was cut from the film. Well, he did have a sort of fight with himself, though, didn't he? I guess that was the cheaper alternative Or the sort of more Mainstream alternative to this Okay um, The studio did not feel it would fit The third act But according to Nicholas Cage the deleted scene Will be released on home media So we are all anxiously anticipating <laughs> Heck yeah It's uploading to YouTube Let's um, go This is just brilliant IMDb trivia are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. In real life, Pedro Pascal is a genuine fan of Nicolas Cage. <gasps> Unbelievable. That's okay. <laughs> so, someone <laughs> thought that was worth putting on the internet. Um, That's like,
0: um, did you hear that in the newest Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown cried when she saw the villain because she was so scared? What a bunch of garbage.
1: (laughs) Um, This I I would not have picked up on. I don't even know if it's, it it is an interesting piece about the movie though. The Nick Cage character within the film does not belong to the Coppola family.
0: Because he married into it, uh,
1: I don't know. Made, no, uh, he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. So, like, I don't why, know. I don't know what that means. How would they? Does he just not
0: have any pictures with them? And his I don't
1: understand. Neither do I. I don't know. I don't know where we were supposed to pick this up in the movie. I don't know what mm-hmm. <clears throat> bearing it has.
0: None. That's bad trivia.
1: myself right there didn't i yeah okay good <laughs> uh that's all i have
0: oh cool. well i guess that leaves us a lot of time to get to our fan
1: yes in a special segment uh our fan who recommended this movie do you want to reveal or do you want it to be revealed was it revealed it'll be revealed all will be revealed
0: all will be revealed wow carter what a great conversation about that movie let's wow let's introduce the fan that recommended it to us hi josie
2: hi richard hello hi carter too
0: (laughs) welcome to uh the first iteration of fans picks you're the first fan that uh recommended a movie and that we watched and we really enjoyed it so uh First of all, how did you become a fan of this podcast?
2: Well, I have to say it's a bit by association. Richard, you are very close friends with my husband, who keeps very close tabs on this podcast. And so I... Um, The first one, admittedly, that I listened in entirety was She's the Man, because that was the closest to my heart. Um, And that, you know, really worked because then he wanted to watch She's the Man, and then we immediately watched it right afterwards. So, um, well, there you go. Exactly. I think (laughs) the first time I ever heard the phrase Dick's Picks was actually at Carter's uh, family's lake house when um, I met Richard for the first time. So I feel this has been something in the works for a long time.
0: Yes. It might have meant something different back then, but we've <laughs> evolved and we're into something new. So you brought us the unbearable weight of massive talent. You texted me first. Dave followed up minutes later, but you were first in. So you are the fan that is that presented it. You get all the credit. Why did you I choose won. this movie?
2: I have a very close association of with you, <laughs> and you Richard, and Nicolas Cage. Because you had recommended Wicker Man years ago, and were (laughs) ah the bees, yes, quite vehement that that we watch it. So, um, similarly to how this was a successful recommendation on my part, I loved Wicker Man after watching it. So, ever since then, I've always just associated you with Nicholas Cage. I believe we maybe watched Face Off at your house once, but anything that's just a bit off the wall you know you arranged a viewing of the room and yeah. with a structured game around it and everything so anything a bit kooky i we always associate with you we all plastic
0: spoons to throw at the screen so yes. it was it was like a real room uh, viewing uh, in a theater so it was wow. legit yeah well i'm glad uh, that I've set you on the path of bad, good movies. Um, I think that how did this get made sort of set me on that path, but it's good to know that, uh, you know, the tree is growing, the roots are flowing. Um, so I guess, uh, what did you take away from, what did you like most
1: about the movie? Well, I, I kind of wanted to speak a little bit more about this association between our Dick and the uh, Nicholas Cage, because I think they oh. provide a very similar kind of energy you think,
0: um,
1: I, I mean, I did a lot
0: of front flips and, and uh, sidekicks back in that day. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think there's a bit of, of um, unpredictability with both of you. You never quite know what's going to come out of either one of your mouths. Um, and I think that, but it's always a pleasant surprise. Um, so I think that, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate to be associated with Nicolas Cage, would you?
0: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Carter
1: foot in the ground would not work with Nicolas Cage. Well, I've, I've not at this point in his career. Um, you'll see in That's my fair. list of my favorite performances that I skew much more 80s cage um and I like that type of sort of energy more than the I think it's more manic now. It was it was manic back then but it was a more sort of directed and controlled sort of like a lightsaber now it's just right. sort of like lasers flying around everywhere you know he might you know take his own hair off with, with the energy coming off of him so he's, i like a more wild. directed sort of Nicolas cage uh, energy than i think what he's exuding these days but uh well, i think he just good, got uh, cast in uh, a pretty big movie coming up so maybe maybe his uh his fortunes will be changing superman in the near future. No, I can't. I can't remember. I was seeing it in the in the trades, as I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That there was that his name was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Ari Aster, the guy who did uh, *Hereditary*. Um, I didn't see producing. that. Too scary. Did you see? Oh it no, Richard, scary. you got
2: to see *Midsummer*. That should be a recommendation for you all.
1: I, *Midsummer* I like... was an interesting theatrical experience for me. I watched that in one of the movie theaters that serves food and. Uh, I think. It's, all, it's
2: all light. It's not scary because it's all daylight. It's in Scandinavia in the summer, so um, it's a oh. wonderful movie. You should watch it.
1: But yeah, and I, been, and I mean, Cage I do for, like uh,
0: Florence Pugh. Carter and I have been uh, off. Have been weighing in on his, the don't worry, Olivia Wilde, Florence from. Pugh, mm. Harry well, Styles well, Do not,
2: do not which, start me on a Harry Styles tangent. You'll never get me off.
0: Because we know which <laughs> team you're on. Of course we're on Florence Pugh's side so sorry sorry firmly yeah.
1: firmly team pew yeah. Well, yeah
2: i mean i'm team pew but i i like i would like to believe that harry styles is not on team olivia in this <laughs> in this debate
0: but that's just he my is. idealized that was the whole problem right he i don't think he said anything over. has he,
1: he, he I, there hasn't been enough shoot. communication by i don't
0: think he has said anything
1: we're only hearing olivia Wilde say stuff whatever okay so
0: we brought you on to, we we thought we'd do a little uh, segment where we list our, top, our favorite top five Nicolas Cage performances. Um, so we'd go around and if we have, you know, you've listened to podcasts, you know how these lists go. We'll go five to one because okay. one to five is silly. There's no anticipation. Um, do you want to kick it off, Josie?
2: Yeah, and I will preface that mine are movies, not pre- performances. This was a lack of communication on... <laughs> The, the these podcasters part, but I I still stand by what I have to say. So, um, I did not rank the unbearable weight of massive talent in this, I didn't, I felt that was a bit you know cheating. So, okay, yeah, me neither. Um, so my number five, I'm just I, I'm embarrassed that this is going to be a public in the public ether and that, um, my children can find this, but here we are.
0: Well, hundreds
1: my of my number listen to this sometimes. Yeah maybe a
2: thousand wow to, well yeah. then a thousand people are going to know that my number five is the family man
0: oh ah! huh. I think that's an excellent choice okay good movie I don't it was have one of, it was the
2: first movie that I saw in theaters that like for some reason left it, it I don't know it, it haunted me like it stuck with me it made me feel I don't know uneasy in a weird way but not in a way that you normally would expect from a Nicolas Cage movie I think maybe it just made me feel things and that was the first time a movie ever did that so
0: man that sounds nice well that's during
1: a very interesting phase in his career in the early 2000s sort of post all the action stuff where he's really starting to find his feet again dude Um, I love all that came out the same year as Gone in 60 Seconds one of my favorite movies uh, that Uh Nicolas Cage performed in Um, Uh would you like to take the honors next Mr. Deck?
0: because Josie's doing best movie, I'm 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 pivoting the
1: best movie as well. Okay, um, because I'm staying my ground. <laughs> all right,
0: so my number five is Face Off. I think that
1: um, uh, you know it's, it's
0: prime Nicholas. Yeah, of course, it's prime Nicholas Cage, um, and he's just face waterfalling all over the place, and he's going head to head with Scientology Travolta, and it's. It's wild it's a great movie it's entertaining was that on anyone else's list
2: it's my number four you beat me to it and I would have uh-huh. also ca- I also would have called out Scientology Travolta so yeah, um, yeah. real mind <laughs> meld over here Richard
0: Yep. same same brain what do you got Carter
1: uh, so for my number five Nicholas K performances I'm taking a performance from one of his three collaborations uh, with his well-known relative, Francis Ford Coppola, the other two being Rumblefish and the Cotton Club. Uh, but my favorite of these three collaborations between Francis Ford Coppola and Nicolas Cage is the 1986 High School classic, Peggy Sue Got Married. Are either of you familiar with this? No. I am
2: not, enlighten us.
1: <laughs> it is basically like Back to the Future If it was slightly more serious and sentimental, uh, it involves... uh, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Kathleen Turner plays a middle-aged person married to a beer-bellied losing-his-hair Nicolas Cage, who after becoming unconscious at her high school reunion goes back to her high school body in which we get a high school Nicolas Cage That has maybe the funniest voice I've ever heard in a movie. (laughs) he uses this very strange, high-pitched, nasally voice. That every time he says anything, completely cracks me up. And I think for a lot of people, his performance takes them out of the movie. And they kind of think it's the worst part of it. Um, But I think it's just such a choice. And it works so well with the whole sort of 50s stuff in it. um, That it's an indelible Nicolas Cage performance. And it's very young Cage. I think this is like his seventh movie uh, from 1986. Peggy Sue got married. So it's sort of like a 17 again. Yes, basically, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Jim Carrey's first film role.
2: Wow. Heavy yeah. hitter.
0: Wow. <laughs> Do you want to? Should we snake draft it? Do you want to go next card again? We Do can snake form? draft.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. So, my number four is a movie that's referenced uh, repeatedly in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, it is Sailor in Wild at Heart from 1990. Um, Wild at Heart is a David Lynch movie. That's one of his more sort of approachable, uh, <laughs> less Blue dark it isn't movies. isn't approachable? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> compared to that, compared to Mulholland Drive. Um, Dune? Dune, I think, is, like, straight-up bad. Um, <laughs> Wild at Heart, I think, is very fun. It's got a ridiculous Willem Dafoe performance. Um, Laura Dern and her actual mom uh, playing mother and daughter in it. Um, and it's just, it's what I think of Nicolas Cage, sort of like the platonic ideal of Cage, where he's, like, wearing a snake skin jacket and just, like, kicking and doing Elvis impersonations. Um, if no one has seen Wild at Heart, I think it's absolutely crucial to uh,
0: understanding Nicholas Cage's I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I did watch the YouTube video of the interview where he does the somersaults and the kicks <clears> on some <throat>
1: British TV show. Yes. So that's a sort of energy that is just yeah permeating this movie. Um, it's a road <laughs> movie. Um, <laughs> Golden Defoe's character's head explodes near the end of it in a very gnarly scene. Um, you can't do spoiler that to letter. Defoe. Uh, but yeah, Wild at Heart, Sailor in Wild at Heart is my number okay. four Nicolas Cage performance.
0: Well, my from number 1990. Four, my number four is The Rock. And I've just realized that all of Nicholas Cage's characters are the best named characters there are. His name is Stanley, Stanley Goodspeed, Goodspeed in The Rock, yeah. Caster Troy, and Face Off. Whatever it was in Wild Heart.
1: Poe and uh
0: you know, Cottenham. he's got it all, but the rock is just action-packed and it's uh it's really it's in the 07 universe as well because of Sean. I Connelly. like
1: to think so. So
0: it's it's got it all. Uh he's running around, it's got is it Jennifer Connolly or the other one?
1: <laughs> no, it's your favorite. Uh it's not Jennifer Connolly who mid-a, plays the mid-a. daughter, yeah. She's the one from
0: uh, Vita Medilia*, Boys from and Girls. Boys and Girls and Antitrust. Yeah. So it's got everything you need. Uh, Face off's my number. Claire four. Forlani. Claire Forlani. Face off's my number four. Josie, what do you got? Give me Connor? Oh, you already did Face Off. Yeah, so Face Off wasn't
2: my number four. Um, I, it's just, the We're concept is just in. so absurd um, that. It, it, honestly, regardless of performance, it's just you gotta love it.
0: All you need is to change your face to change your whole body. Dicks di- they didn't do a dick off, did
1: they? Ask, <laughs> I guess you gotta <laughs> that's ask. Gonna that's gonna be a long a way to- way One of those sequel. questions that's left unanswered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part about Cage and face off is he's operating in two modes uh for the movie, where you get the first sort of 20 minutes where he's completely off the rails and does the Jordan shrug <laughs> when he throws the lady off the plane. And then the rest of it, he's doing his funny John Travolta impression. Uh, so a real range, but for the, for the rock, uh, Rich, I always think of it more of a Sean Connery movie. So uh, mm. I, I like think that he's sort of in the backseat of that one in a way that he isn't in face off and Conair.
0: Yeah. He's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like the, the guy from, the wasp, the hangover that's stuck on the roof the whole time. <laughs> Justin know. Bartha.
1: Yeah, he's like the, yes, the Justin Rock. Bartha, co-star so, of Nicolas Cage's. So, National I'll say Project. this yeah. is
2: bad. i yeah. sneak peek to my list.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> knowing that's who what Justin
2: what Bartha is.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So in The Rock, <laughs> Nicolas Cage is Sean Connery, and uh, in National Treasure, and in National Treasure, John, what's his name? Justin
2: Bartha. Nope.
0: <laughs> Justin Bartha is uh, Nicholas Cage in The Rock. Yeah, there you go.
2: Mm-hmm. All right,
0: so uh, what's your next one after Face Off?
2: Okay, so my number three, um, which is was my first Coen Brothers movie I'd ever seen, Raising Arizona. So
1: ah. um, <laughs> that is a... Uh,
2: I think my parents let me watch it probably way too early because there was a baby in it. And so they felt it was, you know um
0: nothing bad can happen to babies no,
2: no um so that was definitely my number three and i love holly hunter i think her voice is just so wacky and fun to listen to um so number three is raising arizona
1: i've never seen that but i believe you. wow that's also an essential on the next pantheon um the huggies robbery is one of the greatest sort of Ten minutes I can think of in 80s cinema. So,
0: was is Mr. Raising Dick? Arizona that's the, the one you seriously must uh, check out. Well, I've seen. Uh, it's got John th- Goodman, Three Men and a Baby. Is it the same? It's like
1: <laughs> it, mm. slightly different. They came out. I think the same mm-hmm. year actually.
0: It's sort of like Deep Impact, Armageddon, Raising Arizona, Three Men and a baby. Men and well, the baby.
1: Yeah.
2: What was up with like baby movies though in the 80s? Like, you
1: got Baby, baby Boom movies. that comes out the same year i think actually also they is i don't that know when, when baby geniuses who's, came uh, out babies baby genius uh well look baby who's baby geniuses talking. Is a bit
2: later look who's talking baby's day out yeah
1: yeah look who's talking was 1990 i think and they made up about four of those uh, they just but i don't know babies are funny yeah they do funny stuff
2: but with the child like actor laws would be so annoying
1: yeah like in the rehearsal like they have so many yes. babies in arizona <laughs> I guess maybe they are all represented by the same person. But, you know, they got the best one, and that's all that matters.
0: It's true. All right, well, I'll go. You wouldn't, my, you wouldn't
1: understand that reference. I would, I've not seen the movie, Richard. Not
0: at all. They <laughs> steal a baby. Um, my number three is National Treasure, um, Benjamin Franklin Gates. I haven't seen this in a long time but I remember it being thrilling and what the Da Vinci Code
1: should have been <laughs> if the Da Vinci Code wasn't bad. <laughs> it's basically the Da Vinci Code for teens. Yeah. With it less also, controversy.
0: Da Vinci Code isn't really like the move, you know, Apple, come on. Come on. <laughs> that That's the codec, codex code to break in is Apple because it, it kicked Eve it out It of the fell on or his or head. Whatever. Oh, Ugh. gosh, so dumb.
1: Yeah. All National time, Church. Sean... Bean villain performance for me,
0: yeah, and for
1: he's
0: sure, Sean Bean. How long does he survive?
2: He survives the, the whole, whole movie, through.
1: basically. Yeah,
2: it's not an Eddard Stark situation. Remember? Spoiler
1: alert, <laughs> no. yeah, they get captured at uh Old North Church when mm-hmm. Benjamin Franklin Gates leads them astray with his knowledge of American history that they don't pick up on, man. But uh. Justin Bartha picked up on it right away. He was like, you know, it was two lanterns because they came by sea. <laughs> good big brain, Justin Bartha. <laughs> is it me?
0: Yeah. I think well, my three
1: good. is is High McDonough in Raising Arizona. Um,
0: oh, crossover! Yeah. Wow, I did
1: not yeah. expect
2: an alignment there. I'm proud of myself.
1: Wow. Yeah, so it's that's the movie after Peggy Sue got married, and it is he's on the ascent in 1987. My next one is actually also from 1987. Um, so I, I don't know, I think we've said enough about raising Arizona, but I think High McDonough, it's just the look of Cage in the movie with the sort of wife beater and the mustache, um, and his way of talking, I just find very fascinating. Um, my number two is Ronnie Camareri from Moonstruck in 1987, the Academy Award-winning romantic comedy directed by Norman Jewison starring Cher and Danny Aiello. Um, have either of you seen Moonstruck? Nope.
2: You know, I've not seen Moonstruck, and that was going to be one comment that, of all this to say when we get through our top five, I w- I wish I attained to be the person that could say their number one is Moonstruck but I have ah, not seen
1: it. It's an unbelievable movie. I, rec- I recommend it so highly to anyone who has not seen Moonstruck. Just one of the most pleasurable movie viewing experiences a person could possibly have. Oh. Um, Nicholas Cage delivers one of my favorite movie monologues when he describes how he lost his hand, um, oh. <laughs> and why he's working uh, at a bakery in uh, Brooklyn. Um one of the, just one of the best romantic comedies you'll ever see. I think this is, might be my, one of my favorite movies just to watch. Uh, pretty much any time you feel like you need to pick me up. Moonstruck is just about the perfect antidote for that.
2: That's your feel-good um, movie?
1: That's my feel-good movie. And it's just a classic Nicolas Cage, um, just controlled energy. Like I was sort of talking about before he sort of got off the rails. Um, he's got the craziness and he's mm-hmm. got the sort of high intensity but also brings some serious comedic and dramatic chops to it as well um, as a baker with an intense passion for opera um, Moonstruck from 1987 On one hand, yeah. I've never well, yeah, seen one Richard hand.
2: look more perplexed which I know is not a great comment for a podcast but you this would is you truly, would love
1: this you would this love this is truly this
2: the most confused I've ever mm-hmm. seen Richard
0: I just, you it's know, before. Yeah, I guess Nicolas the dad Cage from Frasier's in good. it. Okay. I, I mean, maybe I'll watch it one day. If Carter it famously
1: it. won Best Actress for Cher in 1987. Very famously. Because she shouldn't have won it? No, because it was just so out of left field. Because hmm. uh, she had been in like Silkwood with Meryl Streep a few years before. And she would go on to be in like The Witches of Eastwick and some other movies, but she she was just not thought of as a serious actress.
2: The black Bob Mackie dress and headpiece that she wore. That is notable in and of itself.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, what's was that your number two? So it's
1: me. That's my number two. All right.
0: My number two for best Nicolas Cage movie is Gone in 60 Seconds. Where he plays Boom. Memphis Reigns. Memphis Reigns. And he just drives real fast and lives life real fast. Even though he's reformed, he has to get he gets pulled back in for one more job
1: to save his because brother. of his brother, Giovanni Rabisi. Yep. It's money Another
0: dick. fellow scientist. Christopher co-op, Eccleston. Co-op, co-star. Oh, oh yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And it's got Doctor Who. First, first new Doctor Who back.
1: Christopher Eccleston.
0: Yep. So that's it's also got Vinny Jones.
1: Yeah, Vinnie Jones. I mean, also mean, the, the cast in, uh, is out. She's the man. Right. It's yeah. got Scott Kahn, she, Hollywood's uh, favorite short guy. Angelina Jolie. Yes. Um, it's. It, I don't that's That movie came out, I think, when I was eight. Just has a, a massive spot in sort of my childhood psyche because it was on TNT all the time. And I think it, still
2: still it. it still is. It still
1: is. Yeah. All right, Josie, it's
0: your 2 and your 1, I think.
2: Yeah, well my number 2 is what brought us all here, Wickerman. So <laughs> yeah. I, Wow. I I love a cult. Um I love a dramatic uh B-scene, you know. Um mm-hmm. So and I do um that movie, just from the very beginning, every every step of the way, you're just, you know, a little bit hesitant of who who everybody is. And I just, it really did not disappoint when Richard suggested it.
1: However have you seen ago. the original from 1973?
2: I have not. I mean, I, I watched like YouTube comparisons afterwards. Obviously, you do the you know Wikipedia, YouTube deep dive after you watch any movie, really. And but I've not uh-huh. seen it in its entirety.
1: Very creepy movie. Yeah very well, creepy christopher lee plays like the the head they did a, uh,
0: a scottish of a guy mo- sort of a montage in our new favorite andrea and my new favorite horror comedy wellington paranormal where they did a, a sort of a wicker man situation where they every few years bring some cops to their island off of new zealand off of wellington and then they uh murder
2: a lot of crossovers with wicker man in midsummer though you know, oh, and, there you know are. The, the themes and a lot. So,
1: yeah,
2: really, Richard, I'm telling you, you gotta watch it.
1: All right, we'll check it out. Well, yeah, and your... for me, My... the most, the worst part of Midsummer was like the first five minutes before they even get to Sweden. For me, that was like the most unbearable part of it. Ooh. Okay, I don't want to spoil what happens, but it's pretty gnarly.
0: Yuck. What's What's your number one, Josie? Well, my number one,
2: we've already had some crossover, is national treasure. It was yeah. it, it, wow. it hit me right at that right time in my life. I just loved that movie. And also, my the, the urban outfitters that I really uh, trolled a lot as a middle schooler and hung out in a lot <laughs> is where he goes to get his makeover. Um really yes Whoa. where he gets oh my his like, snazzy leather jacket. So um it's uh-huh. so that it was that locate that exact urban outfitter. So I, um, it just always holds a sweet spot. Um, do they Justin, have a
0: plaque up on the
1: at the, <laughs> the mall? But I can see it in my mind's eye just thinking about it think the exact sort of room putting I'll on that go, jacket. <laughs> yes.
2: I'll have to go back and check. I have no idea. I'll have to venture across to California to see, but wow. um, yeah, and uh, honestly went to college in Boston because of national treasure. Oh really? I just love it made me I lived in Southern California, grew up in Southern California, never really been to the Northeast. And it just was like it opened up a whole new world for me. Um wow. so yeah. Uh so I it's very I think uh that Nicholas Cage obviously does not line up with the the Nicholas cage that everyone knows and loves. So I feel it's a bit, you know, divergent from what you know should be the top movie or performance by Nick Cage but I just can't deny it it's a sentimental
1: pick it's yeah, a, he's, yeah. he's he's like a movie star in a movie. yeah I mean it's not like a, a persona or like a caricature he's just a guy who's the lead in a movie and absolutely carrying it because I mean the movie would be nothing without him if like uh Jerry O'Connell was the lead in National <laughs> Treasure no one would no one would watch it
0: what about keanu reeves
1: though no reeves?
2: i don't think keanu, can, you, you don't buy this.
1: keanu was like an academic uh, no, it's sure it's really,
2: no it really is only nicholas cage okay and cool. a uh, one movie that i would also i have on my list that i would like to say is on my top five i just haven't seen it yet is mandy i've heard amazing things about mandy and i it's on my must watch list
1: so mm. maybe intense movie
0: Oh Yeah he's been doing intense movies I don't want to see that or Pig I don't want to see that
1: <laughs> well, Those are like the two sort of like big Nicolas Cage renaissance movies If yeah. you're not going to count the Crews a new age uh, No Alright here's, here's my number one
0: And I'm pretty proud of it It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse That's the best Nicolas Cage movie of all time Because it's an amazing movie. He has and, a voice in that. Yeah, he's yeah. the black and white noir Spider Man. He's a noir Spider Man. Oh so God, it's sort like, right. I, snuck, I snuck it in, you know, but it counts. And uh I'm pumped to see the new Spider Man Spider Verse. It's a
1: fantastic it's, movie.
0: It's the best Spider Man there is.
1: So I that's agree. my number well, one. And he does steal every scene that he's in. He's, for yeah. me, the best part of it. Him and the pig, the pig Spider-Man. The John
0: Mulaney pig. Those two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Carter, do you do your one already? I've not done my one. Okay. Um, my one, this would hold true for performance, but I think it would also hold true for movie. I think this is the ultimate Nicolas Cage movie. Stay guys? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, he plays the dual role of Twins. Oh boo. boo! In 2002's adaptation, Rich, have you even seen this movie that you're yes. that you're booing so vehemently?
0: So boring, boring, so boring. In, yeah, he's if just running around in a swamp, like finding a dead body that's not actually there, orchids. writing a book that's orchids, uh, sir. Uh,
1: I can't have believe you've seen
0: it, Josie. What For movie me, is this? <laughs>
1: adaptation
2: oh i like you were saying it Spike was an Jones. adaptation of something else no, no that's the meta aspect this. of
1: it it is an adaptation of the book the orchid thief by susan orlean it was oh. played by meryl streep in the movie and nicholas cage plays the screenwriter of the movie charlie kaufman but also charlie kaufman's uh sort of insane brother Arnold
2: i mean is this not an inspiration Hoffman. for the you know
1: um, he's uh, actually uh, an invented person
2: this seems like a bit of a kind of the from what i know the core inspiration for the unbearable massive, the I, think massive so. talent. You know, like I think so you know i think it's an absolutely
1: fundamental piece in, in nicholas cage's career i think he should have won his second oscar um after leaving Las Vegas, which no one cared to mention in their top five. I think it's mm-hmm. an underseen movie now. Have you seen Leaving Las Vegas, Mr. Dick? Nope. I've seen you know uh, it is? Fear and
0: Loathing in Las Vegas.
1: This came out, I think, two years prior. Uh, leaving Las Vegas, he plays a screenwriter who drinks himself to death, basically. Um, not cool. the most uplifting of movies. <laughs> I like Moonstruck. You would not. Uh,
2: I've never seen it, but I've seen the trailer, and the trailer makes it seem like a romp. But so did all of, all of the like the trailers at that time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like. it's it's one of those one of the sort of half a romp, half extremely depressing. Um, so it's a really good movie, but it's not one I would I would necessarily recommend to people. But adaptation, I think, is is a very fun movie. I think it's got really really good performance in it all the way through um I was when did you serious. see this why do you have such a strong sort of uh, anti i don't <laughs> know <laughs> several years movie.
0: ago and for the record i do not think it's a fun movie and i do not recommend it so it does not have dick's oh. stamp of approval
1: oh it's got mine i mean all-time cast is well unbelievable as the orchid hunter in the depths of the everglades of florida any movie with Chris Cooper, you know, has got to get a stamp of approval. Uh, yeah. the best part of Little Women a few years ago, um, but adaptation, I think, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant movie. Uh, probably the greatest adaptation of any movie ever made. Um, and Charlie Kaufman is a one of a kind sort of screenwriter. Uh, have you seen any of his other movies? Synecdoche, New York. No.
2: Now you're just saying being words. John Malkovich. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. yes, yeah. there we go.
1: <laughs> so it's it's the follow-up to being John Malkovich, uh, Spike Jones, and Charlie Kaufman See, that's um, what
2: I thought the unbearable weight of massive talent was going to be, and so when I, I entered into this movie, did you get to
1: like be Nicolas Cage?
2: Yes, and then and then it was completely the exact opposite, but in all the right ways.
0: It was better. It was better. Okay, I think we're gonna get cut off. So uh a little longer than 10 minutes, but thank you, Josie. <laughs> thank you.
2: I appreciate it. And you're and welcome for the recommendation and for this yes, podcast Yes, thank you episode. for that. And
0: I will keep them coming
2: to you and I might strike out, but I might hit a home run every once in a while.
0: Well, we'd have to change it to Josie's picks if we choose you every time.
2: Like maybe one in 10, one in 20.
1: I'll yeah, be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening uh, to yes. this. What are we calling this? Is this the August edition? Is this the early September edition?
0: August, fan, late August, early September fan
1: pick. We, we, we missed a month uh, because of... Barely. A, a summer cold. Sing. Yeah. Which has uh, lasted far longer than I anticipated. Did um, it give
0: you enough time to pick the Carter's pick for next
1: month? It did not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that will
1: just have to be revealed at the next release. It must be revealed um, when people are ready for it to be revealed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just, uh, actually. Wait a second. No, Parallax U is no longer on Amazon, so it won't be that. But it would have been. Okay, so I recommend that to everyone to see, but. Anyhow, September will be a Carter's pick. Yep. Chances are it will be foreign. I'm all about subtitles these days. Chances are... Just
0: don't do it anymore.
1: It will be from the 1950s. Okay. and Chances are it will be on HBO Max.
0: Okay. That narrows it down. (laughs) I'm ready.
1: But anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, We will be back with you guys next time. Thanks.
0: Baby, could you know that you're a-